welcome to this week's episode of Bite-Sized Cinema, a show where we discuss a film and cook a food from that film. My name is Myra, I have a bachelor's in cinema, and I love to cook. So with that out of the way, just a quick warning, there will be spoilers. Absolutely, there will. It's not a probably this week, there's an absolute, there will be spoilers. Today's featured film is The Woman King from 2022, so a pretty fresh recent movie which I was really excited to watch. And while it is still Women's History Month, what a better way to celebrate than by watching the king herself, Viola Davis, one of the greatest actors of our time, uh, definitely like top 10 greatest actors of our time. We are only so lucky to witness her craft and to know her beauty inside and out. She's not just a talented actress, she's wicked smart and an incredible role model. And to make this actually an even cooler choice is that her mother was an activist during the civil rights movement, according to the internet. I hope it is true, because that's really cool. And to top that off, she's a Leo, the fiercest zodiac sign there is. And this film had a plethora of women on and off screen. To name just a few, this was directed by Gina Prince-Blythewood, a screenplay by Dana Stevens and starred for prominent women, two being the leads of the film, Viola Davis, and pardon me if I butcher anyone's name here, Thuso Mabedu, Lashana Lynch, and Sheila Atin. I really enjoyed this one. Um, Without giving you my rating yet, I will say I did like that the love story was between a mother and a daughter, And I love a love story that is between characters that aren't just a man and a woman falling in love. It's really nice when it's a mother and daughter or two friends or whatever it might be, especially one that has had so many years stolen from it. So in this film, all of the odds are against them coming together. Destiny brings them together, as most films do. However, this movie's plot is not a love story. Uh, The movie's plot is much bigger than that. It did have a nice uh, almost glue to the film, the love story between the mother and the daughter. And essentially, so General Naniska, played by the incredible, the impeccable Viola Davis, is the leader of the Agoji and all-female army. They have their own palace that men aren't even allowed into after dark, which is really cool. It looks like a sanctuary or like a women's retreat. Think of like a really grand place that you could go to a yoga women's retreat. That's what this looks like. It's like a really cool place, but it's also where the women train. And they are part of this bigger kingdom, which is the Dahomey kingdom, and have control over a huge span of land. And there's like a treaty or a peace, uh, like agreement between the kingdom and other empires. And there's a particular empire, the Oyo. So when the Oyo Empire begin to break that treaty or agreement and try to take control over the Dahomey's land, the Agoji must defend their kingdom. Pretty obvious, because obviously they're going to defend themselves. But they're not just defending themselves, they are also defending the slaves in which the Oyo Empire uh, have not just held captive for themselves, but have been selling off. They are part of a much bigger problem, which is a huge human trafficking. And the Oyo Empire obviously doesn't sound great, but they're terrible. (laughs) 
Uh, they capture fellow Africans. They make them slaves. They sell them off. The guy who is uh, like the main guy, I don't know what his exact title is, but the main Oyo, uh, his name in the film is Oba Ade, played by Jimmy Adukoya. And you find out that Naniska, when she was young, and again, Naniska is the general who's played by Viola Davis. Uh, when she was young, she was captured by them, him specifically. He enslaved her. So we really hate this guy. We hate Oba from all angles. He's a bad, bad, bad man. And Nawi, who is played by Thusoma Bedu, is tough. She was an orphan and her adopted father becomes so fed up with her rebellion against marriage that he asks the palace to take her in. And they do. And then Nawi feels like a mini immature version of Naniska. They seem like very similar characters, which gigantic spoiler alert, they are related. (laughs) Although it's pretty obvious to me uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there that will watch this and not um, find it obvious. Might be shocked to find this out, but Nawi turns out to be Naniska's daughter. It's why she was an orphan. Uh, you find out that Naniska, when she was held captive, she did become pregnant and she did have a baby, and this baby was Nawi. And she didn't keep the baby. So there's like a lot, uh, there's a huge heaviness there. And They don't dive into a lot of the trauma or uh, really how Nawi is feeling internally. It's very obvious how she feels uh, from the outside, but they don't dive too deep into her feelings about it. It's very obvious that it hurts her. It's very clear that it's something that has affected her entire life greatly of not knowing who her mother is. And now that she does, she just... She has a lot of emotions. She doesn't know how to express it. And she wasn't really raised in an environment where she was able to express herself in that way and have that kind of means. So when she joins the army as a warrior and she proves herself to be a badass, she finds an outlet to express herself. And she finds an outlet where she feels like a part of something. It's the first time she's felt a part of something and... And that where she actually wants to be. She never related to anybody before. She never wanted to be a part of that family. And now she's a part of this community, this army, this you know group of women warriors, this badass group. And she feels awesome. She feels great. It's the best she's felt in her entire life. She's 19 and she's an adult now and she's finally living her life. And from like a one to a five, I would probably give this movie a neutral three. The movie is amazing for many reasons, uh, but it's also predictable, and I like I like the shock factor of a movie, and when I feel like I can predict every single thing that's about to happen, when I haven't read what happens, it kind of gets a little boring for me, but what I really didn't like about the film is the, is the huge topic of human trafficking or sex abuse in general. It was a very big topic in the film. I, I mean, it's discussed and, and visually shown throughout the entire film. I did love that a woman held so much power and respect and even her own king respected her and would choose her over his 
first wife. I say first because he had like a dozen wives, which was another thing I, I was not really on board with. I thought it was really funny. Uh, but his like main wife was never his first choice to discuss things with, to bring privately, to, you know, figure out uh, next moves. Like he would always go to Naniska and that was like his, his girl. And, but not sexually, just in general. And Naniska, she's a badass. She's cool. She's like dope. Her army is rad. And if I didn't sound like I was from California before, now you know. <laughs> but the internet has dozens of articles about how this film is not historically accurate. And that is accurate. It is not historically accurate. And I personally, I love a biopic. I love history. I, I really love learning about something that I don't know that much about. I also love watching something I do know a lot about and being like, oh, that, that actually happened. That's so cool. Uh, it was not intended to be accurate, though. So that didn't bother me um, as much as it was just kind of like, oh, it would have been nice, you know, uh, especially a history that not a lot of people know about. It would be nice if we did educate people properly, because I'm sure somebody out there watched this and was like, that actually happened. It was uh, meant to not be historically accurate, but empower women, especially empower black women and highlight the real life of these warrior women, an actual army that did once exist and who very few people know existed before this film, myself included. I remember learning briefly about something to do with them, but I couldn't tell you what it was. And when this movie came out, I was like, that's fascinating. I want to know more about these people. And it definitely piques your interest. It piques your interest into learning more about them and who they are and what they did, like on your own and your own research. And also it's a beautiful inspiration for young girls to see and aspire to, uh, to imitate in their play at school with friends. And uh, as someone who was once a preschool teacher, I know how important those things are. And it's really amazing to have this kind of representation for young girls and for them to see this and think like, that's what I look like. I want to be a badass warrior. I mean, they might not be saying the words badass in preschool, but you know what I'm saying. And it shows girls that you don't have to be a man to be tough. You don't have to be a man to be a soldier. You need something deeper than, you know, your gender. It's something that comes from within and it breaks down the stereotypes. And that aspect of the film, I really enjoyed. In reality, though, when it comes to the history, the king was not anti-slavery as the film depicts. In fact, he was actually a notorious slave trader, which is completely opposite of how he is portrayed in the film. And additionally, the Ajoji were complicit in said trade, whereas the film shows them to be incredibly anti-slavery. So with that said, again, this was not meant to be accurate or factual. It was written as a fiction with historical inspiration, and that just shows you Hollywood. That's what Hollywood is about. There, uh, I think it was two, it was a little less than two and a half hours to show you all of that and to brand it as more of a Hollywood uh, entertaining two and a half hours of your time, they completely change the whole story, which is fine. It's not ideal, but it's fine, and that's Hollywood. So let's talk a little bit about the rigorous training required to get this army in tip-top shape. 
I did read an article about it, and I will provide that in my notes for the show, but I found the most intriguing part to be their food. So to build muscle, uh, they had to eat a lot of calories, as one does when you're bulking up, and they had a a rigorous uh, meal schedule as well as workout schedule so that they could do all these crazy battle scenes. And even though they're choreographed, those things take a lot of muscle. They take a lot of strength. They take a lot of endurance. And they had to drink one entire gallon of water a day, which honestly you should do anyway. But it helps to lubricate your muscles, uh, which helps them to bulk up and uh, recover really quick. And they also were eating five high-protein-rich meals a day. So that's a lot of food. It's a lot of calories. That's a lot of food just in general. And I just found it to be really interesting. So I will, again, I'll link that so you guys can read it if you'd like. But I did find it to be really uh, a fun read. And I, I definitely respect everything that they put their bodies through for these roles. And I also enjoy that they didn't slim them down to be lean and muscular. They actually made them look like real warriors. They made them look like they were ripped and they could knock you down, which was really awesome. It was nice to see women in that way. And yeah, that's basically all I have to say about it. I don't want to give too much more away. I think I gave enough spoilers and uh, I, I definitely think you should watch this film. If you'd like to watch this film, it is on Netflix right now, which is awesome. So I know a lot of people that have Netflix. If you'd like to watch it, I would definitely add it to your watch list and try to get a viewing of that soon. Maybe you can also celebrate Women's History Month by watching that. If you have kids or you know some kids, definitely um, just keep in mind that there are some heavy topics. So maybe not too young, (laughs) Um, but uh, maybe watch it first and see what is and isn't appropriate for them. And yeah, I hope that you enjoy it. And with that said, let's move on to this week's featured food. So for this week's food, I wanted to choose something not found in the film, but based on that article that I mentioned. And it's not the exact meal that they ate. It just in doing my research and reading that article, which was Harper's Bazaar, by the way, uh, where I read that article, it talks about how they had the five protein-packed meals. I wanted to make just one, but vegan and gluten-free friendly, of course, which honestly you could make vegetarian and gluten-free friendly, Uh, If you would like to, you could add cheese to it or even egg, and that would make it a vegetarian. I mean, you could add a vegan cheese, but I think regular cheese has a lot more protein. I would assume it's definitely higher in calories if you used regular cheese, even just grated into the scramble. So I made a breakfast plate. It was more of a feast, really. (laughs) I actually had originally planned to make something additional to that plate. And then as I was making it, I realized it was so much food. And I didn't think I was going to be able to eat it all. And I thought I might split it into two, which is something you could totally do. You could split it into like a breakfast and a lunch or dinner. But I ended up eating almost the entire plate. 
it, it was not as uh, crazy filling as I thought it would be. It was actually just the right amount of food for like a large meal. And it was a nice way to start my day. And it was, and essentially the plate is quinoa, vegetables, tempeh, a breakfast sausage, a tofu scramble. There's some berries in there, which I used frozen because that's what I had. I really wanted to use blackberries and they're not really in season yet. So I just used the ones that I had frozen and thawed them and that was fine. They worked great. Uh, so blackberries, and then I drizzled on top a tofu, like a savory tofu sauce, which I have altered, but is in one of my cookbooks that I own. I just make my own version of it, and it's super high protein because it's mostly tofu, although you would never know it. It doesn't taste like it is, and then I also threw on some walnuts and some hot sauce. Oh, and an avocado. I had some avocado on there. So it was really great. It was a huge, as you can, <laughs> I mean, like what wasn't in it, you know, uh, it, it was great. So if you would like to make that yourself, or you just want to see what I made, you can head over to my Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube page at Bite Sized Cinema. That's Bite Sized Cinema. And I hope that you enjoy it if you do decide to make it yourself. And that's all she wrote. That's all I've got for you this week. So thank you so much. I always appreciate your support. And if you don't already, please follow this podcast, leave a review, follow my social media pages, and I hope that you're kind to yourself today. Bye.